want to do that by any means. I want to be in the will of the Lord. And uh, that's the, the desire of my heart is to be in the will of the Lord. <clears throat> we'll probably uh, we'll read just a little bit here and then we'll flip over to Genesis. But uh, what I, I, I've got on my mind, I, I was thinking, you know, yesterday I was thinking it's the, the beginning of December. And even in church we've started singing Christmas songs and Christmas hymns. And on the radio you'll hear... Uh, Christmas songs and everything in our world has to do with Christmas and this is the Christmas season. The whole month of December is the Christmas season and as I was thinking about uh, the Christmas season and everything that we do, I began to think about as I was a a child and um, the way that everything was different when I was a kid. I mean, it's just, I'm 33 years old, but everything's changed from the way it was when I was a kid. I mean, we had Santa Claus and we had all this stuff, but even on television, they would uh, still say, remember the reason for the season. I know we've all heard that. We used to hear it all the time. We always used to hear, remember the reason for the season. Or even on TV, they would have uh, uh, shows about Jesus and Jesus being born in a manger and uh, the Christmas season. There was no doubt in my mind as a kid what the Christmas season was about. There was no doubt in my mind that it wasn't about Santa. It wasn't about giving gifts. It wasn't about getting together with family. And there's nothing wrong with those things. They're all okay. But that's not what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus. It's just all about Him. You know, our world has went so far in the other direction that now you they don't even want you to say the name Jesus. They don't want you to mention Jesus. And if you say something about Christmas being about Jesus, they're going to have some kind of protest or some kind of rally to come against you on uh, you just standing up for what's right. I mean, it's all about Him. That's the whole message this morning is it's all about Him. It's all about Jesus, everything in our life. The reason we're here this morning is it's just all about Him. It ain't about me. It ain't about what I think. It's not about what I want to do. It's not about me preaching or Bill preaching or Justin preaching or who gets to sing or none of that. It's just all about Him. It's just all about giving Him glory. He said if He was lifted up, John 12, let's see. uh, Yeah, John 12, 32 said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, would draw all men unto me that was the whole purpose in Jesus coming to the earth was so that he could hang up on a cross to pay the debt for our sins it's been about him from the beginning and it'll be about him at the end it ain't about me and what he can do for me it's not about coming to church and sitting back saying Lord bless me if you can or Lord I hope I get a blessing today it's about me coming and being a blessing to him it's about me coming and uplifting him and praising him and worshiping him and I believe if he'll be lifted up he'll draw all men to him I know that verse of scriptures talking about him being on the cross but I believe if we'll uplift him this morning that a lost man or woman that's dying and headed for a devil's hell might get born again this very morning that's the most important thing is knowing that we're right with him knowing that we're in the will of God because it's all about him hey this whole Bible the more I begin to study in my Bible and the more I read in the Old Testament and the New Testament I read in the Gospels you know the Gospels is not the only part of our Bible it's about Jesus the Old Testament Jesus is all the way through the Old Testament if you look in the Old Testament everything about the Old Testament is pointing right toward Jesus then we've got the Gospels and it tells us uh, the story of Jesus' life while he was here on earth but that ain't the only time that Jesus was alive Jesus was alive before the Gospels Jesus was alive before he came and was uh, born and laid in a manger. He was here forever and he'll be here forevermore. And 
the, uh, all the way through the Bible. In the Old Testament, it points toward Him. In the New Testament, it points back to Him. And our church today, we're living in the New Testament. And everything we do should point straight toward Christ. Everything in our lives should point straight toward Christ. First Peter chapter 1. We'll read just a couple of scriptures here, but verse 18, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily, this is the verse I want to get to here, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, uh, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. There in verse 20, we'll read it again. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. That foreordained, uh, foreordained means to designate beforehand. So he was designated beforehand, before the foundation of the world, before the Lord spoke the uh, heavens and the earth into existence. It was already foreordained that Jesus was going to come to earth as a human. He was going to put on the corruptible flesh but never be corrupted. He was going to hang on an old rugged cross and pay the debt for my sin and for the sins of the world. It wasn't an afterthought. I heard a song this week and it was talking about that when Jesus seen how sinful we were, that then then he decided to send Jesus. Jesus knew how, or the God knew how sinful we would be before he ever created the earth, before he ever created mankind. He knew who we'd be. He knew the direction that we'd take. But he went ahead and made us anyway. And he had a plan before he ever done any of it at all that he was going to send his only begotten son to die for my sins and yours. Jesus wasn't an afterthought. Jesus wasn't a plan B. Jesus wasn't a, well, I've met. God didn't just say, well, I've messed up and I made a mistake no he knew exactly what he would do he knew exactly what we would do he knew what he was doing when he made us and he already had a plan so that we could be redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus when he died on Calvary's cross as a spotless lamb verse 19 said but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot without blemish or spot that blood was for me and that blood was for you and that blood was for the sins of the world. It was for whosoever will. It was for the murderer. It was for the pedophile. We don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. It was for whosoever shall call upon his name. Listen, he already knew who would be here this morning. He already knew the sin that you'd have in your life. He knew the direction that you'd go in your life, but he still loved you anyway, and he already had a plan in order to redeem you and to uh, reconcile you to himself. It wasn't an afterthought. It's been about Him from the beginning. When the, when the Lord said, let there be light in the book of Genesis, that was Jesus. The very words that came out of His mouth, that was Jesus. In John, it tells us that uh, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, uh, was with God, and the Word was God. And you go on down to verse 14, and it says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The first time when Jesus was made flesh wasn't the first time that He appeared. He was already in existence. It was Him that created the heavens and the earth. It'll be Him at the end. He's the author and finisher of my faith. He's the beginning and the end. He's the great I Am. He's everything I've got. He's the very breath in my lungs. And without Him, I'm nothing. We ought to uplift Him and praise Him. It's to be a good morning just to go ahead and shout it out about the goodness of God because He's blessed us on every side. Amen. It was foreordained that He would come. He was designated before the world was ever existed, before God ever made the world. It was foreordained that Jesus would come and He'd die on the cross for us and then He'd go away and the Holy Ghost would come and He'd indwell us. The very things we're doing here this morning was foreordained. The Lord knew we'd be here this morning. The Lord knew you'd be here this morning. The Lord knew Justin would sing. The Lord knew Larry would sing. The Lord knew I'd sing. The Lord knew Papa would be able to make it this morning. The Lord knew every one of you would be here and who wouldn't be here. He already knew it. So let's glorify Him. Well, I thank God that He already knew. I thank God that Jesus wasn't a plan B or an afterthought. He was the, uh, the plan from the beginning was Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> let's flip over to Genesis. Flip over to Genesis. I hope I, can, I hope this all makes sense and uh, makes sense in your mind the way the Lord gave it to me last night. I don't know that I'll be before you very long at all, but I'm gonna give you what the Lord's put on my heart. Genesis chapter 41, where we'll go. Um, we all know the story. Uh, this uh, the message I'm preaching this morning. I thought about it, and it may end up this way. I don't know, but it could be an entire sermon series. It could be an entire series for the month of December. I believe that December needs to be all about Jesus. I believe every day needs to be about Jesus. But I believe the Christmas season, the church needs to go back about making it about Jesus. I believe every time we come in the house of God, we need to make it all about Jesus. Not big eyes, little use, not about money, not about status, not about uh, uh, cliques and groups and hanging out with each other. It just needs to be about Jesus. Let the rest of the mess go. It just needs to be about Him. But uh, I, I, as I study the Word of God... And the, the more that I look at the Word of God through this lens that it's all about Jesus, and the more that I look at the Word of God knowing that uh, Jesus wasn't an afterthought, you know, the Jews, the Jews don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and they're really missing out on a lot. They're really missing out on a lot. They're missing out on the main point. They're missing out on it all. They believe in the Torah, but they don't believe that Jesus was the prophesied of Messiah. And if you don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, I don't believe the Old Testament makes a lot of sense. Without looking at it as Jesus being the one that was sent from heaven to pay the sin debt for us, a lot of the scriptures just don't make sense. But when I see that Jesus is the Savior, and I go back and I read the Old Testament, I can look all through the Old Testament and I see Jesus in it everywhere his physical body wasn't there but I see a picture of Christ through every story that's in the Old Testament and like I said this could be a whole sermon series and we may preach on another one next week if the Lord will let us I don't know but uh, here in this scripture we all know the story of Joseph you know as, a, as kids we all have heard the story of Joseph and I believe that the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis is probably the greatest picture of Christ in the Old Testament it's the greatest 
picture of the love of God in the Old Testament. And we won't read through it all. If you want to go back, the, uh, the story of Joseph starts, I think, in chapter 37. And you can read for, uh, through it. But, you know, even as kids, we have, uh, we've read the story and heard the story of Joseph in the coat of many colors. Joseph was the son of Jacob. And he was the 11th out of 12 children. He was a, 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 a man that was a goodly man. You know, as I read through the story of Joseph in the Bible, I can't see anywhere in the Bible where it mentions Joseph's sin. I know that everybody has sinned and come short of the glory of God, but I believe that the Lord uses this story of Joseph to depict a picture of himself and that the Lord never had any sin. And as I look at Joseph, the Bible never tells me about anywhere that Joseph sinned. Joseph went through a lot of trials. He had a lot of heartaches, had a lot of problems. But all I can see is that he stuck with the right path all the way to the end. And the Lord blessed him for it. He knew that it was all about the Lord. He knew it was all all about Jesus. He knew that there was a path that was set out in front of him that he was uh, designated to follow. He knew that uh, the, the only way that he would have joy and peace and comfort and salvation was to follow the Lord. Was to follow the one that was foreordained uh, to come to earth and to uh, reconcile man to God. So Joseph in the coat of many colors, we've all heard this story many times through our lives but uh, that coat that he wore the coat that Jacob gave him, Jacob, his dad, gave him this coat because that coat represented um, uh, who got the inheritance. It should have been the first son, should have been the one that got the inheritance. So the coat that... Um, Jacob gave to Joseph it represented the one who was to receive the inheritance but he was the 11th of the 12th child he was the 11th out of 12 children and he wasn't supposed to get the coat but Joseph uh, Jacob seen that Joseph had the touch of God on him he said that the he seen that the spirit of God was on Joseph and he loved Joseph not because Joseph was uh, uh, anything better or he was just his favorite just, just because he liked him better but I believe it was because Joseph had the touch of God on his life. And I believe that Jacob recognized that Joseph was anointed and set aside and appointed to, uh, to, to be something great for the Lord. So he gives him this coat of many colors and when he gives him this coat, all of his brothers are mad. Reuben was the oldest one and he should have been the one to get the coat. He should have been the one to get the inheritance. And uh, the, the, the one that has the coat, the one that gets the inheritance, they get double the inheritance of all the rest. And now here we see that uh, Jacob loves Joseph more than he loves the other sons because of the touch of God that's on him. Uh, Joseph has the coat of many colors so now all his other children see that uh, Joseph is blessed and that Joseph is the one that his dad loves, that the father loves and they all hate him. They all grow a hatred for him. So uh, all, the, all the other brothers they end up going down to Shechem and uh, they're, they're out in Shechem and they're taking care of the flock. It's what the Bible says. They're taking care of their father's flock. So uh, Jacob and Joseph, they're in Canaan. They're living in Canaan. And uh, all the brothers go down to Shechem to take care of the flock. Well then Jacob decides to send Joseph down to Shechem to check on them. To see if everything's alright. To see how things are going. And maybe to be a help to them. So here Joseph goes. He's got his coat of many colors. He's his father's favorite. He's the one whom the father loves. And he goes down to Shechem when Shechem was like 50 uh, right at 50 miles from uh, Canaan. So he goes down. He's well, That's a long ways to walk. He goes a long ways down to Shechem. When he gets to Shechem, they're not there. When he gets there, he finds a man, and the man says that... Uh, 
that they had went on to Dothan. That's another 10 miles. So Joseph uh, carries on. He walks on down to Dothan. So this is 62 miles that Joseph has walked just to find his brothers who hate him. Just to find his brothers who hate him and don't care for him. They don't love him. They're mad at him. They don't want to be around him. You know, when I looked at that, you know, uh, the father sent Joseph, his father Jacob sent Joseph down to Shechem and then on to Dothan in order to be a help and a blessing and to lend a helping hand to those brothers who didn't even love him. That's a picture of Christ. That's what the Lord done. The Lord came a long ways. He came from the portals of glory. He was sitting on the throne and he went a long ways to come down here to a bunch of people that did not love him. To a bunch of people that didn't care about him. To a bunch of people that didn't want him. His own people. He came to his own and his own received him not. The Jewish people denied him. Even to this day, the Jewish people deny that Jesus was the Christ. But he done it anyway. You know, Joseph knew that his brothers hated him. But when the father told him to go, he went on anyway. That's a picture of Christ in the Old Testament. Even though he knew that we'd hate him. Even though he knew that we'd hang him on a cross. Even though he knew that we wouldn't be thankful for what he's done for us. He went on anyway. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's been all about him from the beginning. It wasn't about us because he knew we wasn't no count. It was about him. It was all about him. <clears throat> so, when Joseph gets on over there to Dothan, his brothers see him coming. They see him coming. You know, uh, Larry was talking about this morning that the Lord sees us afar off. I believe that Satan sees us coming too. <laughs> I believe when I was a young man, I was sitting right back there about where Jerry Hodge is sitting. And I decided I didn't want to do what the Lord had told me to do. I believe the uh, devil took notice. I believe the devil seen me coming. And he had a plan to destroy my life. Uh, Larry was talking about the prodigal son this morning that the Lord seen the prodigal coming from a long ways off and was just ready to take him in and to help him and change his life and to put the robe on him and kill the fatted calf but Satan is the same way he probably can't see me as far off as the Lord can but he knows when I'm turning in the wrong direction and he's ready there just seeking and de- to seek and devour me and he's out there with his hand held open saying I'll give you all this, I'll give you all the world I'll give you everything that you could ever ever dream of but it's a lie because he ain't got nothing to give me but here we got Joseph he's walking up to his brothers and when they see him coming afar off they say there comes that Joseph there comes that Joseph and they make a plan to kill him they want to kill him this is their brother this is their flesh and blood this is a man that the Bible never tells of a sin that he committed in his life this is one that the father loves this is the one that's got the anointing and the Holy Ghost his own and the power of God his own Joseph but yet his very own brothers make a plan plan to kill him they make a plan to kill him they want to put him to death but then when he gets up closer Reuben says well let's don't kill him let's just throw him in this pit and they throw him in the pit and then Reuben has to go off somewhere and before Reuben ever comes back they've already sold Joseph off to the Ishmaelites so instead of killing him they sold him off hey this young man had the blessing of God on him and he probably never seen any of this coming he never seen that his uh, family would betray him he never seen what was going to happen to him you know if in, in our day and in my life if these things was happening to me I would say that God God has forsaken me. 
I would think that God has left me. But God ain't left Joseph. He had a plan. He had a plan. Just like the Lord had a plan with Jesus, uh, uh, the Lord had a plan with Joseph. And He's got a plan with you and me today. And no matter the circumstances of our life, it's not about us. It's not about what I go through. It's not about my struggles. It's not about my trials. It's not about me enjoying my life. Uh, Joseph has ended up down in the bottom of the uh, bottom of a, a, um, a hole. They threw him down in a pit, and now his brothers have sold him off to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites take him down to uh, Jerusalem, and they sell him to Potiphar. They sell him off, and now he's been sold off as a slave. He, I can imagine, he probably thought that the Lord had forsaken him, but the Lord hadn't forsaken him. The Lord hadn't forsaken him. The Lord had a plan, and it was to glorify. Jesus. It was to glorify the Son. It was to make an example and a picture of Christ in the Old Testament. <clears throat> so after they sell them off, I'm not real good at summarizing, but we're going to do our best. <clears throat> after they sell them off, the brothers go and they take that coat that he had and they kill a goat. They put the blood all over it. They take the blood back to take the bloody coat back to their dad, and they say he's dead. Joseph's dead. We found this coat, and Joseph's dead. But all the while, Joseph is down in Jerusalem or down in Egypt. Sorry, I'm in Jerusalem. Joseph is down in Egypt, and he's been sold off as a slave. But all the time, his daddy thinks that he's dead. His dad thinks that he's dead. The father thinks that he's dead. So Joseph is down in Egypt. And when he gets down in Egypt, Potiphar realizes and recognizes that the touch of God and the anointing of God is on Joseph. He sees the blessing that is coming from Joseph. Everything that Joseph done apparently prospered. Even though he had been sold into slavery, everything he touched still prospered. You know, if you're in the will of God, you may not have a lot of things in this world. You may be bound up by the things of this world. But all that you do for the Lord, spiritually speaking, is going to prosper. If the touch of God is on you, somebody that you talk to, their life is going to be changed because of the Spirit of God that dwells in you. Hey, if if you're right with God, somebody along the line of life is going to end up getting saved because of something you said, something you did, or the testimony of the life that you've lived. Something about you is going to lead them toward Christ. Hey, everything in our life should point toward Christ. I believe that's what was happening right here with Joseph. Joseph's life was pointing toward the Holy One. Joseph's life was pointing toward the Messiah. And I believe that Potiphar recognized that he had the anointing of God on his life. He recognized that and Potiphar ends up putting him over his whole household. He puts him over everything in his house. So Joseph goes from being a slave to now he's being put over a whole household of a, a wealthy man's household and he's the leader of the household. Everything is at his hand because the blessing of God is on him. I bet Joseph thought, boy, things are starting to look up. Things are starting to look better. But this never would have happened if he hadn't continued to put God first. If he hadn't continued to stay in the will of God and recognize that nothing else mattered other than the will of God. You know us as Christians and especially Baptists, when something goes wrong, the very first thing that we do is we give up on church. The first thing that we do is we blame God and we say, well God don't really love me. If God really loved me, He wouldn't have let me got in this mess. I've never been sold into slavery. I ain't never had it as bad as Joseph did. But Joseph stuck it out and he came out better on the other side. 
side. It ain't about coming out better on the other side. It's about Jesus. And if we'll stick with Jesus, I believe He'll do a work that only He can do through your life and mine. Not just the preachers, but every child of God that's ever been born again. He can do a work through you. Just stick with Him. All the way through it all. Recognize He's all that matters. He is all that matters. So the blessing of God still on Joseph. We see that he started to come to the front now. He's been appointed over Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife. Hey, anytime that you're doing a work for God and God's blessing, Satan's going to send somebody to interrupt everything. Satan's going to send somebody to interrupt that blessing. Satan hates to see people getting saved. We've had a couple got saved here recently and the devil hates that. So now he's through sickness in the church. Now he's through a wrench. He's trying to break us down so that it looks like God's not blessing anymore. But God's still blessing. God's still blessing. The preacher might have been sick, but God's still blessing. Hey, there might be some out this morning. The number's a little low, but God's still blessing. The anointing and the power of God is still here if we'll honor and magnify Him. That's what we've been called to do. That's why we gather together. Every time we gather at the church house is to honor and magnify the Lord. And if we'll keep honoring and magnifying him he's still going to keep working no matter our circumstance but Potiphar's wife she comes in to Joseph and she tries to get Joseph to lay with her she's been a she tries to get Joseph to lay with her so that he'll be found guilty she wants him to be accused she don't like the blessing that's on him she don't like who he is and what he's done and what he stands for the world don't like who we are what we do and what we stand for but we gotta keep standing for what's right anyway and when temptation when when temptation comes we gotta count it as a blessing and not fall into it but carry on for the glory of God don't let it bring us down don't fall into to the sin but carry on for the Lord's sake carry on for Jesus sake because he's all that matters so Joseph tells her no I'm not laying with you I don't want nothing to do with you because he's a holy and a righteous man he's living for the Lord and uh, this goes on for several days and finally she uh, she approaches him one day and there's nobody else in the house there's nobody else there and he turns her down and when he goes to turn and leave she grabs his outer garment she grabs his outer garment, but he's just trying to get away from her because nobody else is in the house and he don't want to be accused of doing something that he didn't do. Well, he ends up accused of it anyway. You ever been accused of something you didn't do? <laughs> hey, the devil will point at you and say, you've done this and you ain't no count and you ain't no good. Hey, been the world to believe that mess, but if you'll carry on for the glory of God, the truth always comes out in the end. The truth always makes itself known if you'll stick with the Lord. Anyway, so she gets his outer garment and when he goes out, she begins to tell Potiphar and all the people of the house that he had tried to sleep with her and she run from him. And she tells a lie on him. That's what the devil does. He tells a lie on us to try to bring us down. I can't tell you how many people have asked me things and they say, did you really do this? And I'll say, no. No, I've just been trying to live for the Lord. But if you'll live for Him, the truth will always come out. So anyhow, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife has accused him. Potiphar ends up throwing him into the jail. Potiphar throws him into the prison. So here we have, he was a slave. And then he was still a slave, but then he was appointed the head over the house. He was second in control over all of Potiphar's stuff. Now somebody's lied on him, and all he's done is tried to serve God. All he's tried to do is serve the Lord, but now all it's done is got him thrown into prison. That'd be about the time, man, you'd quit. 
If we hadn't quit already, that'd be about the time that me and you would just lay her down and say it ain't worth it. But it ain't about me. And it wasn't about Joseph. And it ain't about you. It's about glorifying the Father. Everything in your life, everywhere you go, every day, every circumstance, is all about glorifying Jesus. He never said we wouldn't have problems. But He said He'd always be there. He'd never forsake us. He'd never leave me. And I can tell you today that He's always been there with me. I can look back on my life even when I had turned my back on God and there's never a time that he was not there trying to draw me back to his will. He had his hand of protection on me so that I didn't die and go off into hell. He was there with me the entire time. It was all for His glory. I don't understand it. I made my own decisions. I went on the path of sin on my own, but it was still for the glory of God. And now He's used it for His good. If we'll stick with God, He'll use it for His good. So Potiphar's got him thrown in jail. While he's in jail, the Pharaoh's, uh, the Pharaoh's baker, and... uh, what else is it? Uh, the Pharaoh's butler and the Pharaoh's baker does something against the Pharaoh and they end up in the jail with him. So now here he is, he's in jail. The Pharaoh's baker's in jail. The Pharaoh's butler's in jail. And they're all just looks like in a bad spot. Well, the butler and the baker have a dream. Both of them have two different dreams. And after they have these dreams, they didn't understand what these dreams meant. A lot of times in the Old Testament, things meant stuff. They always meant something. Well, Joseph interprets their dreams. And Joseph tells one that one's going to go back to the Pharaoh and he's going to prosper. And he tells the other one that uh, the, the Pharaoh is going to hang you from a tree and you're going to die. Well, just a few days later, I think it's three days later, these dreams come to pass and the prophecy that uh, uh, Joseph had interpreted comes true. And what happens, what, what Joseph said was going to happen actually happens. So I can't remember if it's the, fair, uh, the, the butler or the baker, but anyway, one of them gets hanged by the tree, and the other one goes back to the house of Pharaoh, and he's working for the Pharaoh again. I think it's the butler, and he's the head butler. And uh, Joseph had told him to remember them when, he went, when they went back, and he didn't remember them. He didn't remember them at all. But then we get down to uh, the Pharaoh. He ends up having a dream himself. He has a dream and he don't understand the interpretation of the dream. So he calls all the magicians and the things of that time that's supposed to tell him the interpretation. And when the magicians get there, none of them can tell him the interpretation. But then the, uh, the butler begins to remember that there was a man back there that was in the prison that interpreted my dream and the other guy's dream. And both of these dreams came true. You know, the only reason that he had discernment to interpret those dreams was because he was still sticking with God. Even though he was in prison, even though he was in a place he never dreamed he'd be and he was even in a place that he didn't deserve to be. He had never done anything to deserve to be in prison. He had never done anything wrong to anybody to be accused of anything to get where he was at. Even though he was there and he should not have been there, he still served God. He still put God first. He still glorified and magnified the Father and he had discernment to interpret the dreams and these dreams and the power that he had with God ends up getting him out of the prison. He gets out of the prison because of the work that he done for the Lord. You see, he's stuck with God all the way through. So the Pharaoh has dreams, has, this, has two different dreams, and he needs somebody to interpret them. Uh, chapter 41, verse 37. We'll begin reading there. <clears throat> I hope all this is making sense to y'all like it did to me. I didn't know how else to bring it all out. We're just trying to summarize it all. 
chapter 41, verse 37. <clears throat> so, um, Joseph has interpreted the dreams of the Pharaoh. And what he tells him is that there's going to be seven years of plenteous, there's going to be seven years of famine. We probably all know this story. He told him there's going to be seven years of plenteous, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. And that's what's coming to Egypt. That's what's getting ready to happen over the next 14 years in Egypt. That brings us down to verse 37, chapter 41, verse 37. And he said, And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this man is, as this is, a man whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt." And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name uh, Zapnath Paneah, and he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. So right here, just in a moment's time, Hey, uh, Joseph had stuck with the Lord. Joseph was stuck in prison. Joseph, it looked like there was no hope for his life. But because he stuck with the Lord and because he had the power of God, when the time came, he's, uh, in a moment's time, his entire life's changed. He's went from being a bottom feeder in the prison to now he's second in command, the ru uh, ruler over all of Egypt. He's went from the jailhouse to the throne. <laughs> hey, that's what happened on the day that I got my heart right with God. I went from the jailhouse to the throne in a moment's time in the blink of an eye everything in my life changed when I decided in my heart I was going to stick with God no matter what it took no matter how hard it was no matter what people thought about me or said about me I was going to stick with God all the way to the end everything in my life began to change you know if things is looking bad in your life today just decide in your heart no matter the circumstance no matter what the devil may throw your way no no matter what God may use to prove you, you're just going to stick with God anyway because in a moment's time you may be in the palace sitting on the throne and the Lord using you in a mighty way that you never could have dreamed of. That you never could have dreamed of. I thought about Daryl dying. That was a circumstance that you didn't know how to handle but the Lord is going to use it all for His glory. He's going to use it all for His glory. So now we've got Joseph, and Joseph is second in command. Boy, how things changed. Boy, how the blessing of God and the hand of God can change things in our life. It changed it for His life drastically. Everything has changed. It said there in verse 45, And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zapnath Paneah, and gave him a wife, Seneth, uh, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, and Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. So the name Joseph, 
This is about made me want to shout when I read this. The name Joseph means Jehovah shall add. And this name, Zapnath Paneah, that the Pharaoh has just given, means life more abundantly. <laughs> so his whole name together, so Joseph and Zapnath Paneah means Jehovah shall add life more abundantly. Hey, thank God. Hey, when it looks like there's no hope, if I'll just stick with God, He'll add life more abundantly. It's not God's desire to make our life bad. It's not God's desire to make us sad. Hey, when the Lazarus was dead and he seen the sadness of the sisters' hearts and he seen that the, uh, the Jews didn't believe, it said that Jesus wept. Jesus cares about who we are. He cares about how we feel. He cares about everything in our life. But if we'll stick with Him, even through the hard times that he's using for his glory he said that he would make our life and add to it more abundantly Jehovah shall add life more abundantly y'all ever heard that before John chapter 10 verse 10 Jesus said the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and destroy I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly it's all about him it's all about his glory it's all about who he is it's all about about what he's done. It's all about him being from the beginning and he'll be to the end. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Messiah. Jehovah shall add life more abundantly. Does that not thrill y'all's soul? <laughs> after all that Joseph had been through, after the suffering and pain, but he stuck with him anyway. Now, Jehovah shall add life more abundantly. And in the blink of an eye, his entire life changed. And he's sitting on the throne and he's got all the blessings he could ever dream of. All the blessings he could ever dream of. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'll try to hurry. <clears throat> Verse 46. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years the earth brought forth by the handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities and the food of the field which was round about every city laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. Verse 50. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the year of the famine came, which Asenath the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said, He hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. The name of the second one he called Ephraim, <clears throat> for God hath caused him, caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 53. And the seven years of plenteous that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come according uh, as Joseph had said. And the earth dearth and the and the dearth was in all lands, but in the land, but all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Joseph or cried to Pharaoh. For bread, and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what saith 
what he saith to you do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened the, all the storehouses and sold unto uh, the Egyptians. The, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all the countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was sore in all the lands. You know, that's how the world does. That's how the world does now. That's how most uh, uh, so-called church people do. We'll get out of church. We'll get out of God's will. And we won't trust in what the Lord said. But then when the famine hits... When the hard times come, first place we go running to is back to the Lord's men. Back to the Lord's men. We'll get it bad at the preacher for preaching against sin, telling you you can't live like hell and go to heaven, but you're on your way to hell. We'll get mad at them. But when trouble comes, the first place we go is down there to where the man of God is looking for help. Amen. Verse uh, chapter 42. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look upon one another? Look one upon another. And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother Jacob, sent not uh, with his brethren. For he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among, among those that came for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he, said, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and knew, and he knew them, that, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but his brethren knew him not, knew not him. So how things have turned here. His brethren is the reason that he's in Egypt to begin with. His brethren was the ones that sold him off to be a slave and then he ends up down in Egypt and the Lord blesses him for staying right with God and now here it is his brothers have came they're the ones that done evil they're the ones that shunned him but now when they need something they've came down to Egypt and they didn't even realize who they was getting it from you know that's we, a lot of times we don't realize where our help's coming from a lot of times situations in our life we don't realize that the son is the only one that's kept us alive he's the only one that's kept food on our table He's the only one that's kept the power on. He's the only one that's kept heat in our heater. It's all Him. He's where our help comes from. But my, my, how things change. Uh, let's skip to 42, verse 25. I'm trying to hurry. I know it's a lot to read. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way, and thus did he unto them. And they laded their asses with corn, with the corn, and departed thence. And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass a provender in the end, he espied his money. For behold, it was in his sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done to us? So here they have. They've ended up in a famine, but the man of God had plenty for them. Hey, the Son of God, this picture of Christ, had plenty for them. And what I got 
from this. And the whole place I was going right here was uh, uh, when they become to be in need, when they got to the place where they didn't have anything and they turned back to the Lord, uh, there was a man who was sitting over yonder in another country. This is what their father told them to go down to Egypt and to get what they needed to survive. There was a man that was over there in another country that was sitting on a throne who had everything that they needed. <laughs> hey, what's that sound like to you? That sounds like Jesus. There's a man that's sitting over yonder in another country where I'm going one day and he's got everything I need to sustain me. And you know what? It didn't cost them nothing. He put their money back in their sack, sent their money with them, and the blessings of God didn't cost them a thing. Salvation is a free gift that comes from the Lord. Jesus done paid the price for it. The wages of sin is death. And every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever sinned owes that debt. We all owe the debt of death. Not just physical death, but eternal death. We owe the debt of spending eternity in hell fire. But thanks be to Jesus that He came and He had a plan. He wasn't an afterthought. He was ordained before the foundation of the earth to come and pay the debt for us. And now he's sitting over yonder just like Joseph was. He's sitting over yonder in another country, sitting on the throne, got the blessings of God, just ready and waiting, ready and waiting to hand it out to us. He's just ready to give you exactly what you need. And all you got to do is go to him and ask for it. All you got to do is go to him and ask for it. Let's all stand. Uh, you and Shannon, get us a song. <coughs> It's all about Him. It ain't about us. It ain't about some big thing that we've got to do to be right with Him. It's just about surrendering it all to Him. That's all it's about. I found this here interesting. I'll give you this. Um, I seen this the other day. Yahweh. We all know what Yahweh is. That's the, the Hebrew name for God, which means He who makes that which has been made. And I seen this. We know the Bible, uh, Psalms 150 and 6 says... Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And we've all heard this all our life, and I've never thought of this, and this ain't Bible, but, but I liked what it said. But it said that Yahweh, which means He who makes that which has been made, that every time we breathe in, we're saying, Yah. Every time we breathe out, we're saying, Way. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Unknowingly, every time we breathe, we're praising the Lord. The very breath that's in our lungs that came from the Lord. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 said, And the Lord uh, God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The very breath that's in my lungs is because of him. The very breath that I'm still breathing today is because of Him. Every time I breathe in and I breathe out, I'm still saying His name. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about what we've done or what we're able to do. It's all about Him. It's all about Him this morning. Listen, if you need to do business with God, come do business. Altar's open as they sing.